0: everybody, my name is Abby Mortachenko. I'm the podcast editor here at The Daily Trojan, and today I'm sitting down with another staff member, so I'm going to pass it over to her to go ahead and introduce herself.
1: Hi, my name is Sophia Ungaro. I'm the features editor at Daily Trojan. I'm a senior at USC studying journalism.
0: We're sitting down today to discuss a project that the Daily Trojan has been working on, the Native Student Supplement as Indigenous Peoples Day approaches. So Sophia, I'm sitting down with you today to get to know a little bit more about you and this supplement that we've been working on. Can you tell us a little bit about how you came to work for the Daily Trojan and the stories that you feel most drawn to or that you feel have been most compelling in your time here?
1: Yeah, so I am, as I mentioned, I'm a journalism student, and I think first semester of, or so fall 2020, I applied to write for DT, and I applied to write for News, A&E, and Features, and I really started to love write. I'd always liked writing feature stories best, um, and the fact that, like, DT gives a whole section for you to do that was something that I really enjoyed. Um, I started writing a lot for a and I think at first and then like a pretty good bit of news and I think I did two features. I wrote for the supplement that semester which was Latinx student supplement and um, my roommate and I actually wrote a piece in it together about the history of Latinx activism at USC and um, I did my other supplement that or my other feature piece that I did was um, an LGBTQ activism history story about USC um, which was really fun mostly for pleasure though I found that I do enjoy writing like critiques of film um, television music and I really enjoy writing artist profiles which is I think what most of my work at DT has been Um, I think the story that got me this position was um, I covered the LA Skins Fest um, Native American Film Festival and I inputted like a section at the end of opinion about how it felt to be someone who studies screenwriting at USC watching like indigenous creators um, have their film shown and like talk about what they how that or what that meant to them and I believe that was also on Indigenous People's Day last year Um, and then in the spring semester Raymond who was editor-in-chief at Time emailed me and was like hey (laughs) nobody applied for the features editor position would you would you want to do that and I said yes and um, I've been doing it since spring of 2021 or 20 yeah spring
0: 2021. And to segue into the supplement that we're putting together now, can you provide a little bit of background into the Native Student Supplement, talk about, you know, the ideation behind it, the creation, the design, the reporting, um, and the significance that it holds here at Daily Trojan?
1: Yeah, so when Maria, the other features editor, and I were planning student supplements for, or the supplement we wanted to do for the semester, I noted that last semester one of I didn't write this story for DT but it was something that I wrote for one of my internships I wrote a story about um, how Native Americans celebrate Thanksgiving and look at Thanksgiving because I thought that was like a very interesting concept even though I'm native like Thanksgiving is just something we've always done but I I wondered for people who live on reservations are are more connected to their culture if they celebrated it and when we were talking about what we wanted to do, I realized Indigenous Peoples Day also falls in this semester and I was like, that would be something I'd really enjoy doing because when I wrote that story, I spoke to two students at NASA, which is the Native um, Native American Student Assembly on campus. We pitched the idea to Twisha and Angie and they really liked it. I really wanted to make something that would be like a picture of what it is to be a Native student at USC, but also on a college campus because Already, Native Americans are a pretty tiny community, and I think our history is erased a lot in public school, and I know when I came to USC, I I selectively chose to take classes about indigenous history, and um, those were the classes where I felt like I belonged and was learning things that were actually relevant to, like, the culture that I grew up with. Um, However, both the professors, or both or more of the professors that I had for all those classes were white, which is kind of funny. Yeah, so th- I really wanted to do a supplement that highlighted the experience of what it means to be a Native student at USC, and so we have stories about um, NASA, which is, the as I mentioned, the Native American Student Assembly, and their journey from being NASU, which used to be the Native American Student Union, to becoming incorporated with USG and, like, a recognized student organization, as well as stories about Indigenous businesses within L.A., so people can go and support those um during indigenous people's day and all all the time and we also have an artist profile on a student who is native and who has um she's pretty involved in nasa and i've spoken to her a few times i think over over the years covering kind of like somehow i've gotten on kind of the beat of covering like native culture at usc Um, And I think she has a really interesting story and a really unique voice. And I've always loved talking to her. And the staffer who did the profile on her got some incredible interviews. Um, And I think we are also doing more of a design piece about where USC falls in relation to, like, the Native American tribe that lived on, like, this land, which is Tongva tribe. Um, And so we have some little... Um, blurb's that are hopefully going to go on a map that shows like where USC is in relation to the different villages that the Tongva inhabited.
0: To talk more to the point of like stories within journalism, um, how do you think native representation is typically seen in journalism? Um, are there stories about indigenous people that are you know dimensional and and doing justice to this community both within our college campus and in larger news?
1: I think we're lucky at especially at DT to have people who care about covering this kind of thing. I remember when I covered the LA Skins Fest, someone had posted either in the A&E channel or like in the general channel, like, hey, do we have anyone indigenous on staff who would like be interested in covering this? If this was 10 years ago, nobody would have asked that. They would have said that that wouldn't make you objective to report on the story. And I think that when you are someone who identifies with that culture, it creates this, like, this love um, and passion for writing these kinds of things that make those stories that much better. And I think I've really enjoyed the way I've gotten to cover Native American culture at DT. And I think the people on the masthead are like the reason that that is um been possible. I don't know if the real world really reflects that. I think a lot of times what I hear from people who work in the industry is that it is really hard to cover stories that you think matter to underrepresented communities or like any community of color. A lot of the people in newsrooms are still white cis older men who are looking at it as not relevant to everybody but I think hopefully that will change especially working with the students here and knowing that we're all going up trying to do the same thing I hope that it changes and I hope that I can continue, continue to cover this beat it's something that I really enjoy um as for like big like mainstream publications covering this one thing I notice is um I recently covered the Gabby Petito case for my um, for one of my internships, and I wrote basically talking about how, yes, it's a horrible, horrible tragedy that you know she went missing, but she was found within days, if not week, a week of her disappearance, and there are thousands of missing um, Indigenous women that are never found slash never get that kind of attention and when I was doing my research to like take that angle on the story which was there's um like a term that's like missing white woman syndrome and like how when that happens like people are found like it's just like this huge like camaraderie to be like oh we have to help this person but that doesn't happen for indigenous women or any women of color or any people of color that go missing and when I did the research and like looked at other um outlets and how they were covering this, a lot of them had said that and I was like, okay, that's huge. That's like a really, really big difference in the way we're covering like this kind of story. So hopefully it's getting better. I think the resurgence of like the Black Lives Matter movement and like the call for equality that's kind of started since like summer twenty twenty has improved things a lot.
0: Yeah, I know like within my classes as well, that's both of the things that you spoke about. The first one being how often People are told um, that they can't report on something that pertains to their identity because they're biased or they can't be objective, but that standard never really applies to white journalists or Mm -hmm. male journalists who can essentially have the freedom to cover whatever stories or movements or whatever it might be going on um, and how that can be alienating and isolating in the newsroom when you have so much intimacy with a topic and you can't even bring that context or that larger pattern um, yeah. or knowledge to yeah. a subject. <laughs> you know, talking about what is getting better um, in the news, where do you want Native representation, both in the field itself and in the stories that are written around and about Native people, to change and progress? I think it
1: all requires like just like diversity within the newsroom which I think diversity in the newsroom is definitely improved but it's also diversity at like for the gatekeepers like the people who like are the ones who decide what is news and like what gets published um editors managing editors like those kinds of people also need to like have a diverse background and make sure like even if they don't that they're listening to the people who do um, one thing that's always really fascinated me is that thirty-ish years ago, maybe longer, all of the people who had like the biggest jobs, like the New York the editor of the New York Times, editor of LA Times, like those kinds of people were like 27 when they had those jobs at the beginning. But now like, you're lucky if you get to be like a full time staff writer at that age. So it's always interesting to me to think like, okay, well, they got that job at a young age, and then they're the ones telling us that, like, we're too young to t- take those jobs. So, like, how is that going to change? And I think, I mean, Annenberg is, if not the best, one of the second, I think the second-best journalism school in the country. And so if these are the people that are going out into the world, I have a a good bit of faith in them. The people that run this newsroom, I really trust. And I think if that's the kind of people that are going to continue making decisions going forward, then there should be some good luck for people who want to cover underrepresented communities for Native coverage going forward I just want to see Native people writing because I know they're out there they exist there's you can join the um, National Association of Native American Journalists I am only a member of the National Association of Hispanic Journalists because you have to pay money and I was like I'll do that after graduation but um (laughs) like I hope that those organizations like continue to be a good resource for mainstream outlets like smaller outlets just supporting like writers who like want to continue to write about this and like cover these communities that don't get the coverage they deserve now for the coverage of the keystone pipeline i remember discussing that in a class and the people discussing it were white women um, talking about how like they had to like earn the trust of the people to like cover that and I was like why didn't you just (laughs) hire people who knew how to cover those people because they're their people which I think was when I kind of started to notice like kind of white savior complex which like wasn't a, a huge term thrown around at that time but the way the journalists had talked about it like in that class was as if like in order to cover like Native Americans like you need to like be patient and, like, listen to them and, like, get every... Which is true. Like, when you cover an underrepresented community you're not a part of, you should be as, like, kind and understanding as possible. But I was like, you also could have <laughs> just had, like, Native people cover this. Like, this had probably been going on for significantly longer until it was news. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wow, I really wish I had had someone who understood this community to cover it. Like, that should never have to be a problem. Like, you should have someone from every single community able to, like, cover things well and understand how um, how important that is. And it becomes tokenizing when it's like, oh,
0: to report on this group of people, you have to treat them this way. Like, as if it's, like an entire
1: like extra extra step in reporting when you should always be treating all of your sources with the same like respect
0: bringing it back to USC um, and the Daily Trojan can you talk about you know what it means at the Daily Trojan to be working on a native student supplement and what that signifies as a university and as a student-run newspaper
1: I have always really enjoyed working for DT I think the environment here is pretty open and friendly and I feel like even though like ideas I pitched and other supplement ideas we've pitched in the past have been like, mm-hmm. no, you can't do that. Um, I was so happy that this one was the one that got finalized because NASA is an incredibly small community. And I, even though I didn't spend a good time being a part of it, I always felt like I wish I had known about it for longer. I think I found out about it and then the pandemic hit. So it was kind of like, you know, I wish that I had had any native like support system like on this campus I claim my native culture like pretty lightly um it's something that's incredibly important to me but I I really want to make sure that people who also feel the same way like have a platform and have a voice I really enjoyed working on the Latinx student supplement which is like the other I am like Mexican and Navajo so working on that one I was like this is fantastic and doing the history of Latinx activism like I felt like that was such a good platform to like learn about like how how fortunate I am to be in the position I am and to see how much has changed um, and I, I wish that we had done something similar um, like a history route of activism the NASA piece is like uh, the most similar to that but um, I wanted to make sure that students feel like they're being represented. And this is a student publication, so we should be representing, like, everyone that we can. And <clears throat> one of my favorite things about working for DT is that, like, that will happen. Like, if I, p- I pitch that idea and people are like, yes, that's, a, that's good, we should be doing that. And I think having... Um, people in charge and people who are deciding like what gets published be so supportive of having a Native student supplement run just means the world to me and I hope it means the world to the Native students that are going to be featured as well.
0: And with the supplement coming out soon is there any particular story or part of the supplement that you kind of felt connected to or that you're hoping readers will definitely take a look at when it does come out?
1: Well, all of it. I hope everybody reads most of it, all of, if not every story. I wrote a letter from the editor in it, um, which is kind of just like um, a very short, per- it's not, I would even say it was a personal essay, it was just kind of like talking from my heart about what it meant to me to be a Native student, and so that is probably the most emotional part that I'm like connected to. I really love the artist profile, I think Jane did a great job profiling Moakea, and she has a very unique background and voice, and I really enjoyed reading that. And I always enjoy reading what she has to say as someone who has interviewed her for something else. I think the NASA story, too, will also be something that's like good to have published because I think we were looking through the former stories written on NASA there was only one and it was just that they had changed kind of like changed from NASA to NASA so I'm glad that that will be something that like exists I don't know that's one of the coolest parts about DT is that the stuff we write about like stays up forever obviously but like it signifies the time and it it's kind of like a little time capsule of what it was like to be a native student like in 2021 which is obviously a very hectic time (laughs)
0: and within USC are there any resources that you wanted to talk about or anything that you wanted to mention whether it's in relation to Indigenous Peoples Day or just resources for Native students I mean I know you mentioned how it was really nice getting connected to like a community and also being able to take that into DT and pitch
1: stories that you felt were reflective and connected to that community well I would first bump NASA if there's any like Native student that's looking for a place to call home and like a group of students that you want to connect with on a cultural level, NASA is a great place for you. All of the people there are so kind and loving and they'll accept you. We've talked a lot about progress being made in the
0: journalism industry, but do you see a space for USC to improve in the way that they like, create an environment for Native students to feel like they have a presence and a voice and empowered by being on campus.
1: Yeah, I think the main thing that, like, the administration needs to do going forward is, like, support Native students and also, like, realize that they exist. Like, it is it is a small community, but it's still huge. Like, also have being um, culturally, like, Latina and Chicana, I have lots of resources on this campus, like, for being a part of that community, but for being Native American, there's a lot less. And I think going forward, I think just like understanding that that is a group that exists on campus and a community that deserves just as much attention as any other underrepresented community.
0: Are there any classes that related to Indigenous People Studies or anything that you found interesting or would suggest other students take?
1: For all my GEs, I decided to take the ones I took at USC because I was a transfer student but the one that um, I took that I really really enjoyed was Latin American art history which I don't even think I anticipated being so heavily about indigenous art but I really enjoyed that class that was a great one so
0: yeah wonderful and is there any other thoughts that you wanted to share any follow-up questions for me or just general thoughts you wanted to say before we wrap up our discussion today
1: what are you most looking forward to about the supplement? <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. And obviously a supplement is so important and it creates like a centralized space for stories to exist, but also just um, increased representation so that when we look back at this time capsule, I loved that you said that, we don't just see like one story about how, you know, NASA became a student assembly or there's there's more layers and angles and... Um, Personality through all of these stories. I think that's what I'm really looking forward to reading about. And, yeah. Awesome.
1: I I, I like the time capsule thing a lot, too. I One of my friends had once told me, like, I'm so, like, out of nowhere, I think it was like, oh, I'm working on a DT story. He's like, did you know that, like, there's, like, this exhibit on, like, I think newspaper somewhere in D.C. that, like, they only have two student publications, like, one is Daily Trojan. And I was like that's so cool. Like working for this newspaper is so cool. And I will always have been so proud to like work for something that is completely student run and something that is so supportive. And I'm also really want to thank my co-editor Maria for helping me with everything that goes on, like everything we've done for the supplement, like we've done together. And I'm so grateful for that thing.
0: Oh, (laughs) did you want to talk about like, you know, when it's
1: coming out? Yeah. Yeah um so the native student supplement is going to be published on indigenous people's day which is monday october 11th and you'll be able to find it wherever you find your normal paper i always get mine outside of the la cafe yeah, all around campus so <laughs> they are everywhere even yeah. in the village
0: yeah amazing yeah so definitely everyone look out for that well thank you so much for joining me today i really enjoyed chatting and i'm looking forward to the supplement coming out and everyone reading it me
1: too thank you for having